Hey there, you cinephiles. I always thought that was kind of a creepy term. I feel like I should be on some list somewhere because I identify as a cinephile. I'm not cinephilic, okay? I like movies. Why do we have to put labels on it? Why do I have to go door to door in my neighborhood? <laughs> Ring the bell and let my neighbors know that I am indeed a registered cinephile. It's not right. I have a treat for you. You know how we've been doing this show every other week? We're a bi-weekly show. Not anymore. As Peter Sellers would say in the Pink Panther. Not anymore. Well, we're still a bi-weekly show. But I have a surprise for you. An off-schedule, spur-of-the-moment, James Bond podcast. We were recording Why Is This a Thing? The other show that Adam and I do together on this website, Nick Evangelista was there. We had all seen No Time to Die, and uh, we were just dying, no pun intended, to discuss it with each other. So that's what we did after the show ended, and it went kind of long, and there you go. There's a, there's a, a feature-length podcast for everybody to enjoy. So uh, I, I broke that, that little segment off into its own episode. I am airing it here. So uh, here is a, a James Bond podcast, another James Bond podcast for y'all, because I, I like you and I take care of my people. Um, and then next week, seven days from now, you're going to get a Wes Anderson podcast. And then another seven days from now, you're going to get a Dune podcast. We're going to review the Denis Villeneuve movie Dune, and I'm pretty sure Nick Evangelista will be here for that as well. So uh, don't say I don't take care of you. Don't say I never did nothing for you. All right. Here is a spoilerific discussion of No Time to Die with Nick Evangelista. Again, very, very spoilerific. If you have not seen the film, please go see it and then listen to this podcast and hear us tear it a new one and praise it. I think we were kind of mixed. I'll let you listen for yourselves. Here you go. No Time to Die on the Movie Hall of Fame. All right, this is a spoilerific conversation about No Time to Die. You have been warned. Major spoilers coming. If you plan on seeing this movie and have not seen it yet, please shut off the podcast. Come back after you've seen it. Um, and uh, again, major spoilers. Major, major, major. Okay. So Bond's dead. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, okay. Um. <laughs> we told you, yeah, Bond died, Bond dead. I don't know what, um, what like uh, got this ball rolling at, at old MGM Studios. Like, I don't know whose idea this was. Um, apparently, people are mad about it. I don't understand why. Because uh, again, like Daniel Craig's done anyway, and there's going to be another Bond movie in like three years. So, Here's like, the problem. I, I want to get into this really quick. This okay. is uh, an age old conversation. And I would say almost any time that we are motivated enough to talk about a movie in theaters, the three of us, yeah. it's usually the same fucking conversation. Right. The fans are always wrong. They're right. always fucking usually, wrong. Usually, yeah. The yeah. problem is they cannot separate themselves from the series. They cannot watch one movie without thinking, but this is a continuation of all 25 Bond movies. Like, they're fucking psychopaths. Which they're not, by the way. They're not. No, no, they're Bond all individual, especially. 
They're, they're individual. In fact, this series of Bond movies has been the most interconnected Bond has ever been. Right. In a story. Yeah. Like, they, they have never been this connected. Every single Bond movie could stand alone until this movie. They frankly. usually do. <laughs> this movie explicitly can't stand alone. Yeah. No, they... What's I mean, the it, can. Like, it can. You can watch it without watching the other ones, and it's fine. It's hard though. But it, like, the, especially the first act of this movie, I was like, "Oh shit!" Really should have read the Wikipedia for Spectre before I started this. I, so I did this <laughs> when I got home because yeah, I want to get into the conversation about what's the what's the ranking the Bond movies of, of the Daniel Craig era. Of the Daniel Craig's, yeah, I think yeah, it's okay. pretty obvious, but I agree. We yeah. will disagree. I, I guarantee. Really? You. Wow. I, right. I am not a fan of Casino Royale. Whoa! I, I just never have been. I just—it's okay. fine. I don't. It's not my favorite. Jesus, though. it's fine. Nick, Nick doesn't think the poker scene is accurate enough. Oh, I don't I care about casinos, so I think that might. Be <laughs> I, I, I don't like that that aesthetic, and it's whatever. That's whatever. No, go ahead. What were you saying? Um, but in in order to remind myself, because I have a hard time remembering Spectre. Well, As it was remember, six fucking years it ago. Was forever ago. Yeah. I remember Skyfall though. Pretty yeah, I, yeah, right, right, right. But right. I have a hard time remembering Spectre, so I go and read the Wikipedia articles, and I'm realizing all of these fucking movies, their plot is horrible. Usually. <laughs> they are so convoluted. I mean, yeah. that's not why you're watching Bond, but these plots are so convoluted. Holy right. shit. They that, are that was, spy yeah. thrillers, you know? Right. That's usually what they are. So. Right. That was my big takeaway when we did the, the podcast that Movie Hall of Fame this week. It, like, how really awful most of these movies are and when you when you read them like on wikipedia and you actually have it spelled out for you without the sort of fanfare and the cinematic nature of these movies it's like yeah oh th- this is just like about a gay computer hacker you know it's mean? not the like movie. With, with an evil island you know and like <laughs> what is this one about about a fucking poison dealer with like a bunch of scars on his face that lives on another evil island who wants to destroy the world just cuz no that's the th- it's not that the movies are awful i would argue there's many a good bond movies the stories are awful no, the plot yeah the, <laughs> the plot stories are usually quite awful the plot it's, is terrible but that's not why you watch bond You're but not if you don't pair it with good direction and good performances like you get really bad movies in the case yes. of a lot of those bronson movies a lot of those roger moore movies and frankly some of the, Sh- the sean connery movies as well you know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, uh, really interconnected. And that was another thing that Adam and I talked about is how the great thing about these movies is that they were not serialized is that They're you could just walk yep. in and it was like another installation of a comic book and maybe that movie would retcon a previous movie and maybe Blofeld wouldn't recognize Bond, even though they just met face to face two years ago. And that would be okay. And like, maybe you could cast Judy Dench as M in one series and then recast her in another one as the same character. And they would exist in two universes. And no one thought about it all that much. The thing about this movie, and I did like a lot of things in this movie. I didn't love the whole thing, but I liked a lot of it. The stuff that didn't work for me in that first hour was remember this girl and how she fell in love with Bond? Yep. Nope. And, nope, definitely <laughs> don't. I forgot about her. Who? Leia Sadu? Who? Yeah. Excuse me? So, you, Adam, you chimed in that I text you guys the most for anybody watching a movie. That's because I was on Google figuring out who the fuck these people were. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess we'll get into my thoughts with Casino Royale and why I very much knew who Vespa was, but... um. Or Vesper, rather. Um, yeah. Uh, That's another one, though. Like, she just keeps getting brought up and brought yeah. up and brought up again as this original sin. And it's like, 
bro, you think I saw that movie two weeks ago? Yeah, exactly. Like, stop kidding yourselves. As I pointed out on the last show, there have been five Star Wars movies since the last James Bond movie. Yeah, that's and there have right. been five Bond movies. Yeah. Bro, there's too How much content, man, in this brain. I can't keep track of it all. I'm sorry. No, what, so the fact that they're making callbacks to the first movie, the third yeah. movie, the fourth movie. Also, I would say this series in general has made Bond like the most like self-important. Oh, well, he's a real person. Yeah. yeah, he's, he's a real fucking, person. Like, well, the fact that, like, I I want to say it was in the third movie, they do callbacks all the way to his childhood. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea that Spectre here has been, like, orchestrating all of these events around Bond the whole time. Right. Like, they're fucking Hydra from Marvel. Exactly. Well, this was right? the pro- I, okay, but this is something that was really brought into heavy focus with Spectre. Spectre caused a lot of, like, definitive problems. I was kind of okay with what they were doing. I mean, I don't like Quantum of Solace at all. I no. actually think it sucks. It's the but, worst one. No, that's, that is yeah. undisputed. Everybody hates Quantum of yeah. Solace. That is a bad movie. Um, but like, I was like, uh, okay, like there is a story that it makes sense why you would follow it from Casino Royale to Quantum of Solace, what, whatever. And then they, they basically drop it at Skyfall and it seems like they're going to follow more of the, the episodic fashion that the Bond films are traditional for. Cause even with the Brosnan films. They, they, there is technically a continuity, but they are their own individual stories contained in one separate film each. There's not like, you know, you need all the prior films to get to die another day. And thank God you, you, that didn't happen because fuck that movie. Um, yeah, they're just their own little movies. Whereas like this one, this series, yeah, it, it's a problem. I mean, for me, just because I don't particularly care about the the Craig universe that much. No, and there's just too there's it, and the, the amount of time we've had since Casino Royale. I mean, think about it. Casino Royale came out in two thousand and six. I know it's twenty twenty one, guys. I was closer to kindergarten. Yeah, like <laughs> way closer to kindergarten it's a, by a factor of three. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And Spectre is the one that solidified, okay, we need all these movies in order for everything to make sense. And I was like, oh boy, okay. Yeah, do we really? I mean, and especially since Spectre isn't very good and Quantum of Solace isn't very good, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, like, the idea that this movie has to sort of bend over backwards to convince you that this was all part of a larger plan and that Blofeld was really pulling the strings. And then there was this other Rami Malik character that was there since the beginning of Leia Seydoux's uh, well, and I, I hate that they spent all this time building up Spectre only to just Spectre's gone now. They're dead. Yeah, yeah Spectre kind of sucks too. Is I know they were like, stupid, Spectre but it's sucks. also just as stupid to but, just kill them off in order for the only purpose of killing off all of Spectre is to make Rami Malek seem more evil. Intimidating, yeah. Right. But Spectre and it, doesn't and it doesn't work. <sighs> Spectre doesn't suck, though. Not in the old ones. Spectre's intimidating and scary, and they do a lot of terrible shit. Whereas in, yeah, in this one, Spectre is is basically, you know, kicked off the face of the earth with, with, with total ease. I mean, it doesn't... Mm-hmm. I was... I, okay. By the way, we don't sound like we like this movie very much. Well, <laughs> um, I love this movie. Can, can I finish that thought great. about Spectre for a second, though? The, the reason why Spectre, I think, worked in the originals is because they were nothing more than the Legion of Doom, right? Yes. They're that allowed they, to be silly. <laughs> yeah, they were just these silly, uh, you know, they, they were a, a, a silly cabal of villains that would just sort of pop in and out of these movies. And they didn't represent this 
you know, this Illuminati like hidden society. This is the reason why the world is as shitty as it is. Yeah. You know, it, it was not any bigger than the plot demanded of it. Whereas in Spectre, uh, the, the movie now, I'm not talking about the, the, uh, the group, but the movie, uh, like they try to make it like this evil empire, like in star Wars. And it's just never going to be that. The reason that bond works is because bond is a lone wolf that occasionally has sex with hot women and defeats the bad guy by himself. And that was the other thing about specter too, is that it connected all of the movies and then it brought in the other characters as like the other members of the fast and furious gang. Yeah. And like, you know, M and Q and money penny were like in the other van in the middle of the car chase, like trying to defeat Christoph Waltz. And it's like, there's something about the isolated nature and just the open and shut. Uh, uh, once so- you're in, you're on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's what yeah. a spy movie is. Right. Sure. And I, I, I think, yeah, the, the, the problem with Spectre, not to harp on it too much, because this, this is not a podcast about Spectre, but the, the way that they try to make the world bigger than it needs to be. Sure. When it's a I spy remember, movie. I remember liking Spectre enough. I remember watching it and being like, yeah, that was pretty fun. Um, it's, it's whatever. This movie it's, made me like Spectre less. <sighs> Do you know what I mean? Spectre's yeah. not like the worst thing ever, but it's, it's just no, it's not. But this movie just, made me like it less because it. Sure, I, I just wish it was left alone. <laughs> yeah, I don't care for it at all. I mean, I, I think I talked about this when we did the podcast about it six years ago. But yeah, don't like. Should, it we, should we rank them really quick just to put them in our? No, it's yeah, obvious. I, it, to I, me, yeah. I mean, it's pretty. Cl- I mean, maybe you can you can flip flop Skyfall and Casino Royale if you want. And I was always Skyfall number one. Um, Adam, I think, kind of convinced me that Casino is number one. Skyfall's number one for me by far. It, it's it's whatever. I mean, I don't maybe know. Maybe this depends, one. Maybe this one next. Feeling. Yeah, no, no. This is number three. No, uh, yeah, this is definitely number three. I don't know, man. Definitely. Maybe I have to go back and watch Casino Royale again, but I just like was. I see it all the time. I watch it all the time, man. It's a great movie. Yeah, I think it's the most rewatchable. That would be the yeah. only tiebreaker for me. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for me, it's 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 yeah. I don't I don't think it's very controversial. It's Casino Royale, Skyfall, uh, No Time to Die, Spectre, uh, Quantum of Solace. Okay. Yeah, that that's yeah. correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What you gonna do? But anyway, No Time to Die. Yeah. <laughs> so we liked it then. Yeah, it's a, overall it was great. Yeah, it was good. It was oh, it's really a really fun. well directed, fun action movie, and yeah, everyone's good in the movie. It's it's got some pretty pretty. Uh, interesting visual set pieces i was i was quite happy with uh it's got a great one take up a, a staircase which was excellent um and it's got a pretty i would say fairly satisfying payoff to the end or send off to daniel yeah. craig and whatnot yeah um it definitely feels the most james bond like classic james bond in my opinion of mm. of of the craig era he's like settled into this funny amalgamation honestly it feels more like classic classic it does like 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 sean connery roger moore era not nearly as silly but Bond's got jokes in this yeah yeah bad there's jokes. some like yeah bad jokes corny one-liner dad jokes yeah. but yeah i i wonder whose influence this was because as you just said uh, both of you guys there was a real self-importance to the series leading up to this movie and i wonder if specter just went too far in the opposite direction that they thought they needed a course correct um, but you know, they, they brought in Phoebe Waller bridge, um, to do a rewrite of this, uh, Phoebe Waller bridge, uh, did a, the show Fleabag on Amazon and did killing Eve as well. It's just like this really good, 
um, television writer and, and is like sort of classically trained in comedy. Uh, I wonder if it was her influence. I wonder if it was Carrie Fukunaga. I know that Danny Boyle was initially going to direct this. Yeah. Is that right, Adam? Um, yeah. I, I'm very curious to see what that movie would have looked like. I don't think it would have been as good, but um, yeah, it, it, it is very uh, sort of antithetical. These hirings are very antithetical to the Sam Mendes like dark, gritty, tortured bond mission <laughs> statement uh, of this entire series. I, I, I thought that was even though you might an interesting choice argue that this like plot wise again was maybe one of the darkest. Yeah, I would say especially at the end. Yeah, it turns into that for sure. It's got a downer ending. But for the most part, like like the Ana de Armas scene, like first of well, all, here's the Ana thing. de Armas. Holy fucking shit. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got to say about that. Okay. But that is not a scene that would would happen in these other four movies. Well, let's just say this, though, like in in uh, the previous ones, especially like Skyfall, for example, like when Bond wins, it feels like he lost at the end. You know what I mean? Mm. Even though he won, it feels like he lost in this movie. You could argue that Bond lost, but it feels like he won. Mm. Yeah, sure. it, it manages to like be, you know, very like, I mean, he really loses everything. Bond loses everything at the end. Mm-hmm. And yet, like, we're hopeful coming right. out of it. True. Yeah, exactly. You know, right. I don't know. I, I thought it was actually, I think where a lot of people might be very upset about the Bond dying kind of thing. I actually kind of liked it a lot. Yeah, um, me too. I thought it was a bold choice. I think if they did this every fucking Bond series, it would suck. And if this is the new trend, I'm going to fucking yeah. lose my mind. I wonder what they're going to do, though. Seriously. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think it was Craig's influence here? Do you think yeah. Craig was like, I'm not coming back unless you kill me off? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Because he does have an infamous quote that I, I forget when he said it, but he's like, I would rather slip my wrist than come back and play Bond again. <laughs> so like he definitely did. So I wonder if it's like he wanted to make it a little funnier and lighter. He wanted to die. Like, I wonder if these were some of his demands. It would make sense to me, you know, so we didn't mention the other. So obviously killing off Bond, that was a huge thing that's never been done before in the Bond series. Is this number 25, by the way? Yes. OK, yeah. So 25 movies never killed Bond before. Mm-hmm. Huge move. They also did something else that was absolutely extraordinary for this series, which is he has a kid. Yeah. That is new. They gave he's... Bond a daughter. Uh-huh. And at the end of this movie, he's not just he's I mean, God, in so many of these movies, it's like, oh, he's fighting to save the world. But really, it's personal. Like mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. shit is like he, he's not he's not even fighting to save the world. There's not even an illusion that he's fighting to save the world. He's fighting to save his fucking daughter. Like, yeah. that's, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't care. If, I mean, he does care. But like nobody watching literally the stakes are if we don't defeat this guy the entire planet will fall to genocide and at the end of the day nobody cares about that we're just like is bond gonna get his daughter out of there yeah hey, you know hey, what hey, i mean hey, the, stakes could, not, the yeah. stakes could not be higher right <laughs> and we're just like oh he better pick up the bunny we're going <laughs> to release a poison that is going I, to kill several billion people right hey nico it's gonna kill everyone even my son even my son, including my son, excluding my son. That's a dig at tenant, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, thought that actually was pretty effective too. Like that little stuffed animal, whatever his name was, doo doo, poo poo. Made me think of Con Air. Oh, <laughs> put the yeah. Look at that. Some Con Air vibes. Uh, some The Rock vibes. Yeah. yeah. The firing of the missiles at the yeah, island. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. For a lot sure. of weird influence. If I'm to comp- for Bond movies, though, if you were to like put two Bond films together, I mean, my 
closest picks I said I it was on Her Majesty's Secret Service and License to Kill of all things. License to Kill is a lot goofier than this one. And a lot more bananas, you know. Uh, Not th- that this much. one is still kind of grounded. I, I guess the way that it's shot, the sort the energy of it, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of like the Felix thing though. Oh yeah, the Felix they do my boy Felix dirty again, Adam. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Felix. Poor Felix. Yeah, that was pretty sad. Can't catch a break there, can he? There's another mm. weird thing here. Like this bond suddenly, it feels very suddenly, but I guess they kind of always been doing it. I mean, he's got a lot more heart, you yeah. know, in the past, like, you know, bond, people just die and Bond just moves on like, oh, uh, another broad dead. Oh, I'll find an next one next movie. You know, I mean, uh, you have to understand that this entire in, series has been about deconstructing Bond from the very beginning. Sure, That's what Casino sure. Royale was yeah. so to basically make Bond Bond, but at the same time, be as subversive with him as we can. So they're, you know, they're having their cake and eating it, too. It's. To me, it's done brilliantly it's surprisingly and, well executed for yeah. something that for a task that challenging. I mean, I, I, I will. But but to maybe the detriment of this particular series, to me, it hasn't even been remotely close to being as good as it was in Casino Royale. Casino Royale for me is by by far and away the best deconstruction of that character. Right. And then the yeah. other ones have sort of been becoming more and more Sean Connery Bond, Roger Moore Bond ish. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I sometimes roll my eyes at it. I, I, I think in general, I think this was like a pretty good experiment. The, yeah. the Craig series. I, I think he's the second best Bond definitively. At he might the, be the best Bond. You might even want to put him number one. I mean, his performances in these are actually really good. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I roll my eyes at like, what if Bond was an alcoholic? <laughs> you know, like what what if Bond actually respected women? Like all of this stuff, it's like. You know, all the worthy sort of deconstructions and, and sort of worthy subject matter to cover on screen. I don't know if you have to necessarily do it with this series. With it, it's kind of like, yeah. you know, you know how like Greta Gerwig is doing the Barbie movie, right? And yeah. It's like, it feels like that movie is going to be a deconstruction of like toy culture and like sort of the female standard of beauty. And it's like, that's Nobody great. Cares. No, make that movie. Just don't make it a, bar- like, you have to make it a Barbie movie. No, that's you have to Trojan horse it with this <laughs> subject matter. Just like make a movie, a coming of age story like Lady Bird that deals with these very same problems. Well, but in 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 their defense, though, like I mean, that's it's a great way to to get the movie actually watched. I get it. I yeah. certainly get no one, it. Yeah. No, stop. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Well, no one that's cares definitely, about that de- stuff. Well, it's definitely not for the three of us. I don't think we're the target audience of that movie. I don't anyways. think anybody is so. going into a Bond film, or well, in the case of Barbie especially, with, oh, well, how are they going to make a comment on capitalism in our society today with Barbie? Like, yeah, I think you know, the point is, I, I, I agree with you. The, the point is, though, that, and the, what Nick just said, is that the movie couldn't get made if it didn't have the Barbie name right. on it. Yeah, I mean, that's also, the I would I would push back a little, though, and say it it wouldn't be a good thing if Bond has just remained the same. For I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that, too. You yeah. know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, we yeah, need yeah, to, yeah. And, and these movies are a product of their times. And I mean, these are the times, you know, sure, sure. Yep. in a lot yep. of ways. This is the modern Bond. This is no, what I'd- you expect the modern Bond to be like, perhaps. I think it did a good job at reflecting it. And I think like what Nico said, it's a, this series was, you know, all in all a, a, a hit. I, I think there are more successes in the Craig era than there are failures for well, sure. And I think you uh, could also not just successes. I mean, I, I think you could argue that two or three of these movies are up there of some of the best bonds of all time. 
Totally I think for ones. sure. Definitively, the two best movies in the, in the right. entire franchise were in this series. And even this one, I would put in maybe the top five, maybe top eight, somewhere around there. That's, I don't know the exact number. It's, it's probably either, knocking on 10. Yeah, it's, it's, it's around it, there. It's like, for me, it's probably right outside the top 10 for me personally. Yeah. But it's still really good. There's 25 movies. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, there is. Um, a, I did just see this yesterday and there is a little bit of uh, usually I let, like to let movies like this simmer for a few days, yeah. especially when there's like, you know, a big sort of twist shock value thing at the end. You kind of have to sit with that for a bit before you actually know how you feel about it. Mm. So, you know, my, my views on it might change over time, but I will say um, uh Rami Malek. Eh. Let's talk about this elephant in the room. Yeah, I, yeah. we need to do this now. Eh. Okay. Well, so let's let's first off. I'm yeah. gonna. Def- I want to defend him first before okay. we attack him viciously. Go ahead. Um, because I first off, I don't think he's the problem. I think his acting is fine. Um, yeah. I think his character that he was uh, picked to play is awful. But but yeah. when he's on the screen, I mean, here's the thing with Rami is like he's always just compelling to look at and listen to. Striking. I just you, he's, you, he's got the face he's got he knows how to like look at you but not quite look at your eyes you know <laughs> he like looks at your your cheekbone over here or something and it makes you dis- discomforted it's a ma- it's definitely like he, he's he's one of those magnetic figures where even if he's not always great um you, yeah you can't help but be compelled by what he's doing you know right. for, for better or worse and I'm I glad he, I'm glad he became a Bond villain like he's oh, one of sure. those actors that I, I I'm happy to see him in this franchise in this way and by the way, I know Nico's going to bash him until his head is non-existent, but th- there are far worse Bond villains. This is not like I, I wasn't I didn't hate him in the movie, but I I was it was one of those instances where I just see what he's doing. And I'm like, eh, no, thank you. It, it, it wasn't that far off from, I guess, what um, the the villain and f- fucking Quantum of Solace was doing. I mean, it's a very different performance, but in terms of my level of enjoyment, I mean, Rami Malek's more memorable, but as as far as like a a character and how you make someone likable or interesting or work as a villain as an adversary, mm-hmm. shrug. It was just kind of a shrug for me. Yeah. To sum it up, I would say Rami Malek does a decent performance, and he is cast correctly. The character that they chose is the problem. The yeah, character itself. Kind of a lame character, but right. That's my opinion. Nico, I know you still have PTSD from Bohemian Rhapsody. It's okay. I'm taking, let's take what he says with a certain grain of salt, but. (laughs) (laughs) The worst thing that ever happened to this guy was winning the Oscar, I think. You think so? I think, yeah, I think like his sort of career trajectory, it meets a fork in the road after Bohemian Rhapsody. And it's like, I can go one way or the other. And I, I took the road more often traveled and yeah, that's true. I would say that's the problem, right? This is going to sound like a really weird comp, but when I see this guy act, the guy that I think of is Crispin Glover. And I, I'm not saying like Crispin Glover is a great actor by any stretch of the imagination, but he has that like really like offbeat, uh, like th- there's a, th- there's a creepiness to his nerd characters as opposed to a charmingness to his nerd characters. I think like the, the sort of stereotypical or at least the, 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 uh, the portrait of, of nerds on screen that is in chic 
is Big Bang Theory. Like they are into science and they're they have like a lot of beakers and test tubes in their kitchen and like they can quote Battlestar Galactica. But really, they just have a heart of gold and they're guys like everybody else. And what Mr. Robot does, and I think like his performance on Mr. Robot is brilliant, but also the casting on Mr. Robot does is it turns that pretty stereotypical, uh, you know, uh, 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 portrayal of a nerd and is like, what if he was a domestic terrorist? Like, what if this guy just never came out of the basement and was just like fucking with the world's economy and was getting people killed and had like an imaginary friend and had like severe, severe autism. Right. Mm. Like that's the kind of like real, like sort of incel nerd shit that few uh, like sort of mainstream Hollywood studios are, are willing to tackle. And um, like that's why Mr. Robot is so brilliant is it realizes like this guy's a fucking creep and you don't want to give him a hug. You want to lock him away somewhere. Sure. And I, I almost feel like there's a certain, uh, I don't know. Is it a David Fincher movie? Is it like a, is it like a, like a, a, a Jonathan Demi movie? Like there is a certain crime film where this dude could play the villain and it would work because he's a fucking psycho mm -hmm. that like kills people based on the seven deadly sins. Right. Yeah. Like in the cast Rami Malek in that don't cast Rami Malek in a fucking cop movie with Denzel. All right. Mm. Don't make him like the new cadet that's ready to, to, to get the bad guy and do the job. Don't cast him as the bond villain. That's Javier Bardem shit. That's Mads Mikkelsen shit. Both are creepy. Both are intimidating. But both of them are movie stars. Both of them can play the romantic lead. Both of them can be an action star. They are a convincing foil to James Bond, who is the greatest English action star that ever lived, right? Don't put Rami Malek in this. Like, that's what happened after Bohemian Rhapsody is he got all this praise for what I believe is a really bad performance. <laughs> I think like the Freddie Mercury performance sucks. It is like he is playing a Madame Tussauds wax figure of, of Freddie Mercury in that movie. And now he's getting cast in all like these big budget like action franchises. Fuck no, man. Like do the Crispin Glover shit. Like make weird choices. Does Chris McLover have a good career? Absolutely not. Does he have, is he a good actor? Absolutely not. But he always made choices that made you go like, whoa, this is a nerd too far. This is one nerd too far. You know what I mean? Um, okay. I, I don't understand what he's doing here. I think like it's really bad. And yes, it's also a bad performance. Certainly. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what his motivation is at all. He's no. a poison dealer that like went to avenge the death of his father at the hands of Spectre. Right. I don't think this is a bad performance. I, think I don't think it's a bad performance either. I think that's I think the, the wrong the, word to use. It's a bad writing. If, yeah, if it is bad writing. Yeah. He saved Leah Sado yeah. as a child and then got like this rescuer complex. Here's the thing. Let me, let me, I want to, I want to <sighs> frame this conversation a little bit around the way I view superhero movies and the way they should work. Because Bond is sort of a superhero in a way. You can look sure, at him that way. Sure, sure. Yeah. Right? You, you can spend the first movie focused on the hero. The villain shouldn't matter that much. After that, you get the hero. You get it, all right? The movies after that should sh focus on the villain. 
and be really interesting. This last movie is so focused on Bond, there's no time yeah. to develop yeah, yeah. a villain. No and they don't even try. The they literally, what they do is they piggyback off of the villain from Spectre to make this villain seem badder. Yeah, I thought the Christoph Waltz scene just like... Right. And fucking Rami Malek's lunch. Through yeah, this entire I love sure. that scene. That's yeah, I, I, was, I was like, are you going to bash that scene? I thought that was no, better than was, any I, scene with Blofeld and Spectre. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. It's actually and, solid. But, but also like Christoph Waltz, again, a movie star, not just like a like really quirky, like, I don't know what's wrong with this guy, but I look into his eyes star. He's a movie star and you have to go toe to toe with James Bond in these things. Right. Well, and, and, um, I mean, have to, and, and, and to your point, though, Rami Malek at the end here, he um, I mean, when he faces Bond head on, the only time he faces Bond head on immediately just annihilated Bond just fucking because he's that type of villain. Right. He, yeah, he's the creepy kind of hunched over in the corner yes. guy. Um, I'm not opposed thing, to that, though. That's why I, I back and, up a little bit. It's like, if what you want to do a Bond villain that, like that, that's fine. What I like about it is that is that arguably that's the type of villain that wins against Bond. He's the first type of villain who won against Bond in a way. Yeah. Right? No, but okay, that's fine though. If you want to cast Rami Malik as his character in Mr. Robot, it, going up against Bond, I'm good with that. That's fine. That's not what this character is. Though. No. This character is like an underdeveloped, he's supposed to be intimidating, right. even though he, he isn't. He's not physically intimidating, nor is he really intimidating when he monologues. Like that scene where he's got Bond's daughter and he threatens to kill her. Like, I wasn't scared during that scene, but if that's Mads Mikkelsen there, if that's Christoph Waltz there, if that's Javier Bardem there, I, I'm shaking in my seat. You know what I mean? He also just lets the daughter go. Yeah, that was a little strange. Which I, seemed like, uh, how do we get out of this situation? Eh, yeah. she bites his finger. And he goes, eh, bye. Okay. Like, yeah, I, I, I didn't understand that character. What was the whole, so the motivation was he's just mad at the world and he wants to destroy it? Like all well, the other Blofeld Bond killed villains? his family. Right. Right, yeah. but then he got revenge on Blofeld in the first 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Now, why so, he, okay, but why he's mad at the world, I have no idea. That's, that's the thing. It's like, oh, you just want and to he, satisfy people's urges for oblivion? Is that it? Right. <laughs> so... Okay. He just sort of like Bond sort of asks him about that, and he's like, "This is just my view on the world. <laughs> I yep. just believe this." And it's like, "Okay, great." I mean, it's um, a Bond villain for you, though. Like, that's, that's a Bond the villain. And that's, Their that's motivations push, suck. That, that's another thing I want to say. That's where I want to push back again, right? Yeah. You can't cast Mister Robot. This is a Bond movie with a Bond villain. This is no. I'm, I, I get I'm channeling it, yeah. my inner Zach here. Yeah. But <laughs> this is a Bond villain. You know what I mean? You and you're right. Have to, you have to let it go. A little bit. Well, yeah. that's why it shouldn't be Rami Malek. I don't know. That's what yeah, I'm saying. I don't think I he. Do- I, think I don't know. I don't think he doesn't check off those boxes, though. I do actually like that scene where he's threatening Bond's daughter. It worked for me. Okay. He's definitely. I think it's the motivation and the ties to Spectre that hurt it. And I he's really also. J- what again? What is the motivation? He that's wants my point. to. The lack of motivation. So, the lack of uh, motivation. Uh, Leia Seydoux's character is what Madeline is her name. Yeah. yeah. So is the whole motivation that he. Uh, he develops this like protector complex. And so by the end of it, nobody else can have her. It's like he poisons bond. So bond can't kiss her ever again. Yeah. There is a little bit. He says, um, he does compare himself to bond. And one of the things he compares himself to bond with is he calls them both heroes who are in love with her. Yeah. So he does explicitly kind of say that he's in love with her in a, in a very demented sort of way. So he's just like overprotective. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) He's just like a, an overprotective boyfriend to the extreme. Basically. The whole thing's really, yeah, it's really loose. Yeah. And then Not, he's like, I want to make the world a better place. How? 
Does he ever explain how his plot would make the world a better place? So by I, killing I the bad in- people. <laughs> yeah, I have an inkling of an idea. Oh God. What which is, is he wanted to release this virus all over the world so that everybody was infected by it, which would essentially give him the power like Death Note. At any point, he could switch on the genomes and say, okay, well, this person's dead now. At uh-huh. any moment, he could kill anybody he wanted as long as he had their genetic data. Yeah. I think that was the implication, but they never fully explained it. It's also convoluted as all hell. It was, yeah, And it also, did. it's not a virus. It's nanobots. Nanobots, <laughs> right, yes, whatever. that's right. So... <laughs> Which nanobots, guys. Which is like, oh god, Daniel Craig's Bond era actually went there. Yeah, that's a little intense. Isn't Let me it? ask you about the science in this movie because that's always a fun thing to talk about. With Bond, right? <laughs> yeah. So we have nanobots and we have like um, high-powered magnets that oh, can stop your fall. Oh, the magnets were great. They were great. Did you? That like, was I, I was okay with it, it's but I did. I definitely thought it was the most futuristic I've ever seen it go. Yeah. In this it's era, the most Mission for sure. Impossible. Yeah. 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 I mean, but let's I was be cool f- with it. I mean, it's not the most futuristic Bond has ever been, so maybe that's one of the reasons why it didn't, you know, it didn't really tickle that urge for me. I'm like, yeah, it's normal for Bond, whatever. But yeah, no, in in, in this era, for sure, it's definitely the most out there. Right. Yeah. As you said, Adam, this is the most sort of standard, um, you know, copy and paste Bond movie of all of them. And that's not, again, a criticism. Like, I think that there's a lot of good old Bond movies, but um, it is a weird sort of juxtaposition there you have this really downer of an ending and then you also have uh you know roger moore like gadgets and stuff yes um uh, go ahead well i was gonna say would, would rami malik have worked for you more if he was uh the ash character sort of like the underling of the bad guy oh my god right i was yeah that, absolutely that was, that was one thought i had too that would oh have been a bad god, idea oh my god yeah right no, I think because all belongs. the other like even the I'll tell you who was great was the guy that played the evil State Department dude. That's Ash. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know the name. Apologies. Yeah, he was fantastic in this. And yeah. I, I, I kind of feel like he stole the show a lot. Yeah, switch the roles. Why not? Or, or you thought that guy would have been a better villain? No, no, no I would switch the roles. I would put no, Rami there the and put someone at all, else. But... I would put Rami there maybe and put someone else okay. higher up. Uh, Billy Magnuson is that guy's name. Uh yeah, I know. I, I I like that guy. Like, I thought like he was really intimidating and creepy and stuff. Um, right. And yeah, even well, if you want to bring Blofeld back switched, again. The way he switched from like friendly to psychotic. I would that have scene loved in the see, book yeah. is great. I would have really loved good. to see Rami do that. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. No, but the problem with Rami, too, is that like he picks a mode and he very much stays there. My, my issue with Rami more than anything with him as a performer is that he is just, you know, I, I always hate method to a fault, right? He's not dynamic. Method to a fault, a little one note. And mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's fine. Like I, I, I don't think it's the worst decision you can make as this type of hyper psychotic evil character. But like, I do want a little bit more, especially out of this series where we have had two really fantastic bond villains, maybe some of the best, so I don't know. It's just I, I, it, it's just generic. I, I don't know what else to say. It's really not the worst thing ever. It's just forgettable, in my opinion. Yeah, I would argue the same in Mr. Robot, too. Like, as much as that show is awesome, like, he doesn't have a lot of growth. Sure. Okay. Yeah, but of, he essentially has Asperger's in that, right? Right. Like, I mean, that's that's part of it, too. Like, that's part of what makes his character so intimidating is that he can't feel. Um, and, yeah, it, Anyway, I've I've beaten this dead horse long enough. I, I apologize to Remy Malik. You can't feel no, but I know what you mean. I definitely know what you mean. Like he need, he's unfortunately you can only cast him for certain roles. I don't think he's a like I said. I don't think a Bond villain is out of the equation. Right. 
it's not the best decision. I'll give you that, but mm. yeah. Uh, I thought the action was actually excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was never bored and it's three hours long. Uh, 2.43, I think, to be exact. Might be some of the best action, actually. I got like the scenes where he is in the foggy forest. Oh, it's really a great good. scene. Really it good. is so fucking good. Yeah. yeah. Love that scene. Every single bit of it. Every drop. I love it. Mm-hmm. Carrie Fukunaga does this, man. He I, like his movies don't necessarily have a ton of like heart and soul. Um, <laughs> particularly that first season of True Detective, I think it's one of the best directed things I've ever seen, and that's certainly not one of the most well written things I've ever seen. Uh, and that's you know, perfect for Bond. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he he made a movie on uh, on Netflix. I think it was called Beasts of No Nation which is pretty good with Idris Elba. Uh, he directed a, a miniseries called Maniac, which I despise, but I thought looked pretty. Um, yeah, I, I think just like as a steady hand behind the camera, the dude knows how to stage action. And the stuff in Italy, too. I, I just thought oh, that yeah. whole first hour was electric. I really, I, I think that's the point. When Remy Malik shows up and we really get into the villain's motivations, that's where I sort of fall off. But the first hour and a half of just the globetrotting spy shit, chef's kiss hundred percent and the yeah, Ana de Armas thing uh, just of to bring it up again what an unbelievable scene and the trailers made it seem like she was going to be the bond girl in this yeah I know she's I was a, so bummed out yeah she's just like a cameo basically more or less it's, it's a basically a cameo she makes every uh, you know second of her screen oh, she, time worth watching but I, she's wonderful in everything I've seen her in yeah she's often sometimes the best part of those movies <laughs> uh-huh. so. they could I mean she could easily like be the man who holds the gun too. Shockingly, she's you great. Know what I mean, she's really compelling. Yeah. Like she's tiny, but yep. she manages to like be. I don't know. I was impressed. Me too. And just like it should be illegal how hot she is. <laughs> it it should act. It, there should actually be a law. It should be public indecency for how hot she was. Just kicking all sorts of ass in like that black dress with a slit down the middle. Oh my goodness movie gracious! Had an NC seventeen rating for that. Oh album. my! I couldn't contain myself in the <laughs> like. I'm I'm with my two buddies. I'm going. <sighs> I I cannot take. I cannot take this right wow. now. You are such a fucking horn dog. <laughs> you are. Ana Armas, my guy. Jesus, how have you not seen twenty forty nine a hundred thousand times with that a fifty foot tall pink version of <laughs> Ana de Armas, who's bare ass naked, by the way. <laughs> True. May have rewound that one a couple times. Ah, <laughs> maybe I spent a lot, a lot of time with Harrison Ford in the desert or whatever. But uh, yeah, well, what's that? Uh, she has a way of being the most compelling ten minutes of a three-hour movie, huh? <laughs> <laughs> she really has a good you one. See Nick. that that Keanu movie that Eli Roth made? She's in that. Oh, she's in that. What's it called? Knock Knock. Yeah, I didn't see that. Apparently, it's awful. Yeah, but she shows her boobs in it. <laughs> okay. So there's that. All right. No, I love Ana de Armas. I think, she, I think she's absolutely tremendous in this movie, and I just love their chemistry. But again, that felt very old Hollywood, too. Like, it mm-hmm. didn't feel like there was a ton of baggage there. It didn't feel like, you know, um, with some of the more recent Bond girls, there, there's all of this weight. Um, and uh, here, they, it's just like, yeah, it's just like so fucking charming. Oh, they can't just play anymore. That's the problem. They can't right. have fun, so... Right. All right. What do we think of the other 007? I thought she was good. Yeah, I liked her. Yeah. Solid. There was Solid. a lot of 
I don't know, hysteria around this decision initially. Yeah. When it was well, announced like two years ago or whatever. Yeah. Well, they think the, 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 the idea is that this is the person that's going to be the next Bond. And I don't think so. That's what they're, they're definitely not doing. That. No, they're not no, doing. I don't no, think so. No, I'm uh, not going to do that. She's so. great, though. That's what people are worried about. Though. That's uh, why believe there's it the or not, hysteria. I, so disliked the decision where she goes permission to have bond reinstated as 007 yeah yeah yeah, I, yeah, so yeah. Like, I, I get what they're doing i got it but i'm like ah eh, fuck that too fan service yeah right yeah, no right. don't just let him be 0012 or whatever the fuck they're gonna have to yeah. do at this point because <laughs> yeah, exactly. he's retired another thing just in general with this series though is there's a lot of just like bond is not actually a fucking spy for mi6 like for the last <laughs> two movies He's it's the, the Jack books. Bauer thing, right? Yeah. It's like they keep having to convince him to be a, an agent for CTU again. Like, just let him be. Just let him be a fucking spy. He was a spy know, in Casino man. Royale, right? Just leave yeah. it alone. Anyways, yeah. I liked Ray Fiennes in this movie too. Yeah. I, oh, the scene where they're he, they're um their cues talking to him is like, "Do you want us to give him the okay?" And he's like, "Hold on." Just his like fo- his his like stern focus, like just waiting for the moment to happen where Bond says, "Give it the okay." Oh, he's so good in that scene. Well, the weight on his shoulders of taking yeah. over the responsibility of that role, like, really lo- sinks in. Yeah, is actually my favorite Ray Fiennes of this yeah. entire series. Yeah, he was re- really, really good. And I was one of the people too when they replaced Judy Dench. I was just really frustrated because it's like you had this really interesting performer yeah. doing this, and n- no knock on Ray Fiennes. I mean, he's given some of the great performances in the history of film. It's Judy but fucking Dench. I mean, yeah, yeah it's it, but it's like that is kind of the most generic choice you could have made. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, here he's he plays like this really tortured soul because he created yeah. this weapon again. Like it also it also works. Yeah, obviously, this is going to go wrong, right? Like, no, no, that's that's kind of why it works, though, because it's like a guy who shouldn't have been put in that position. You should have known better, dude. No, yeah. Well, but I mean, both both them putting the actor in that role mm. um, and them putting this person in that position in MI6, like he wasn't fit for the job and the seat's too big for him. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. kind of you know? right. He's kind of yeah. like a corporate suit into over his head. right? Yeah. And it There's works a lot imp- in this movie. No, that's the thing. There's some implication of that inspector, but this is the first one to actually handle it properly. The payoff. Of yeah, that. exactly. Right. The payoff I've- of that decision from the end of Skyfall. And I said this when we were talking Bond, like I, I believe you should have had Ray Fiennes be introduced in the subsequent Bond film after Skyfall because it would have made the Junie Dench death hit just a little bit harder. Yep. Yeah. But um, what I said was you need to do a movie that builds up this M to be a worthy M. And this movie actually does that. Yeah. It's like he's he's a failure from the beginning. And the arc is that he becomes worthy of his name. And I was OK right. with that. Right. So. Yeah. And yeah. The way he plays it, like there's. There, there are some scenes there where he is just like really sullen and mm. that is not something you're used to seeing in movies like this, particularly out of the boss who is usually like really stoic. Um, yeah, I, I, that, that is, it's going to get lost in the shuffle, but I do think that the Ray finds part of it should be shouted out. Yep. Um, yeah, th- there were some references. Adam and I were talking about this yeah, in the group chat. Uh, so you know, we just did the the the, uh, the Bond show on Movie Hall of Fame, and we were uh, watching one Bond movie from each Bond actor. And there is only one George Lazenby movie that is, of course, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. George Lazenby, uh, not really a classically trained actor. That was his first ever role on screen. Uh, he was a model before it, believe it or not. And um, so they bring this guy in to replace Sean fucking Connery, of all people. And, um, you know, they 
they make this like really weird, but also kinetic action movie in 1969. Both Adam and I were blown away by it. We're like, there's great movie. Yeah. And there are definitely people online that have banged the drum for Honor Majesty's Secret Service, but, and I'm going to spoil it for people that haven't seen it. I recommend that you do see it. But in that movie, Bond has a love interest. He gets married. Uh, That love interest is played by Diana Rigg of Game of Thrones fame. Um, And at the end of the movie, he falls in love drives away and Mrs. Bond gets shot in the head. And it's like this really melancholic downer of an ending. It's the, yep. the uh, even a bigger downer than in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and they play this song throughout the movie. Uh, we have all the time in the world. Yep. Uh, the Louis Armstrong song. I, I think it, does it play in the credits of Honor Majesty's Secret Service? I don't remember. Uh, not the credits. Well, no, I think they play the Bond theme, and then they play um um you know the 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 actual theme of Honor Majesty Majesty Secret Service throughout the duration. Yes. So, but the other interesting thing you said because yeah that that Louis Armstrong song plays at the credits of this movie. Yeah. But they actually use the main theme to Honor Majesty Secret Service in the scene where uh, M and Bond are on the I, I think it's the London River but they're just talking and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. And the scene actually ends with that theme playing over everything. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second, are they using it? That's the theme. Holy shit. So did you guys think that they were going to kill off his love interest at some point? I thought uh, they were going to kill bond. Well, we're, we're, we're going to talk about that in a second. <laughs> that was your, so yeah, I did read in the group chat as I was watching the movie, something about Nico saying like, Adam, how did you predict that? You tricked me, whatever. He hustled me. No, I didn't. The guy hustled. No, you definitely read a spoiler and you hustled me because you were so fucking sure. We bet a veto on the other show. A veto was at stake. And so now he has veto power. Again, this fucking guy. You definitely hustled me. How would you have known that they were going to... Okay, what was your giveaway? It's a a good... It's a decent guess. It's called No Time to Die. What made you predict that? First of all, it was the title. Like what Nick said, I'm like... Hmm. Okay. The 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 title is like, we don't have time to kill him. Hold on. It didn't matter. The Craig era. it's the yes come on i mean it's not that far-fetched i mean it's extreme for bond but if they were gonna do it at all and one of the big things that i said was that we're living in an era now where we seem to like to kill off old characters that we love so that was another part of it but i wasn't 100 percent sure and then i saw a review and the headline was an emotional ending to the bond character Uh, and i knew right there oh he's dead all right all right he's dead Okay. That was it. Well, I got to pay this guy another veto now. You uh, just don't like to lose to me. That's I really losing. I hate losing to anybody, but you especially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so but you and I, I think, had a similar experience in the theater is we heard the dialogue, literally the um, Bond and Madeline yeah. say to each other, we have all the time in the world. And we're like, oh, wait a minute. Are they going to do it? And then we heard the instrumental theme under it. And it's like, oh, maybe it's just a coincidence. Maybe it sounds like eerily familiar, but it's not actually that. And then by the end of it, I heard the instrumental theme come up again when Madeline and the girl are driving away. And I'm like, oh, shit. Lazenby is the skeleton key to this franchise. (laughs) It's all Lazenby, baby. Because all filmmakers love the Lazenby film. It seems like every director, if you ask them, what's your favorite Bond film? They seem to point to the Lazenby film. I'll also tell you, you guys mentioned like maybe Craig had a hand in this and the killing off the character. What Mm. if he said like, I'll do one more, but I want it to be like this movie. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah. But I, I do love that inversion of now. Again, he has a family now. He has a, essentially not a wife, but a, a lover that is his true love. And he has a, a daughter. And it's like, again, this is the only other Bond movie where Bond has a fucking family. I don't yeah. know how they managed to find a little girl with those bright blue fucking eyes. Oh yeah. my God. She has his fucking nose, dude. <laughs> like, how did they do that? She has his nose. God damn it. Yeah. How did they do that? <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. Good casting. I also really? have to admit, by the way, I thought I was gonna lose the bet when I saw him grab the bunny. I was like, oh, right, shit. I thought so too. Yeah, yeah. Well he's yeah, gotta yeah, get yeah. it back to his daughter, doesn't he? He's gotta ah fuck that. Well I that's was wrong. the thing that's the thing yeah. about that end scene when the, the missiles blow him up, is you are so conditioned in these movies to be like the but he's gonna missile get away, is, though. Yeah, the yeah. missile is gonna hit the rock at the exact time he jumps off the cliff. Yeah. Or it's gonna hit the rock and it's gonna propel his body <laughs> into like a tree and he's gonna <laughs> land nice and perfectly. But no, this scene, they there are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This dude is fucking tissue paper. <laughs> he, is, he is gone. By yep. the way, like I don't want to point out a plot hole here, but like let the missiles hit the fucking closed dome. And then just open it again and ask them to do another strike. Like, what's the... <laughs> you know what I mean? No, but there's all this international pressure, man. The Japanese oh, are wondering what's going fuck? on here. You already launched a missile. You might as well do another one. <laughs> Who cares? Good point, Nick. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, you know, Bond is a little bit, a little selfish. Just, you know, mm. you don't get to kiss her again. So you just, eh, I'd rather die. <laughs> I want to kiss this broad again. I'm done. I'm out of here. I get it, though. I really, yeah, we didn't even mention the ending exactly, the the what Rami Malek's character does to him yeah. in the fight. So they fight each other, and literally Bond flips him over, beats him down, and shoots him in the fucking head, breaks his arm. Breaks it's his like, arm, yeah. No struggle. Right. Bond yeah. wins. Like, not sure. even a struggle. But what Rami does is he gets, like, a little fucking uh, needle or some shit and scratches him and injects him with the virus. And he says, basically, you can never kiss or touch or be near your um, lover or daughter again, or else they will die. Right. He says, so he's like, you know what? I don't even care that you're going to kill me right now. He's like, I've won. I've taken everything from you. Yeah, because the, the the nanobot technology. God, it's so fucking dumb. Isn't it? <laughs> it's it's DNA enabled. And that's how uh, Blofeld died, you know, unwittingly at the hands of Bond is that you can program it to kill somebody based on their 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 DNA strand. Um, Couldn't you just like take out the program? I mean, if you can program it, you could just right. You can essentially run the off switch, right? Yeah. Can't you get Q to hack that shit? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like you know, again, yeah, it was dramatic and it was cool, but it's this. This is a problem with movies. It's tough nowadays uh, because you can always be like, oh, but if you just did this, it would have been fine. You know, I, I could argue, oh, if he just let the missiles hit and then opened it again, had him do another strike, got off the island, waited yeah. for Q to figure it out. Like, he probably could have been fine. Yeah, but, but the, there but, you is know, a, we need yeah. We need to stop beating this dead horse at some point. Like, let the series You end. can only pit, nitpick for so long. Right. That's not no, the I, point. Yeah. I know. This one felt like it had a lot more nitpicks than the other ones, though. Sure. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the plot of this one was particularly silly. Maybe it was just in the storytelling decisions, too. Maybe I would feel the same way about Javier's Evil Island. Uh, if it were not shot by Roger Deakins, you know what I mean? That's a good point. Uh, but uh, yeah, just like a really kind of ridiculous story and a ridiculous villain. That That's kind of my only main complaint with the movie, although it's a pretty big one. Um, yeah, I how, think the ending worked for me. How me cool, though, was the, I don't think it was the opening scene, but the flashback of uh, young Rami Malek going to kill, uh, was it Madeline? 
Her yeah. family, um, really. Her family. Yeah. And he's wearing that white mask and... That was some Fincher shit, right? There. I liked yeah, that. That was really, was really cool. Well done, when they yeah. brought the white mask back later, it was stupid because by that point, that's not his character anymore. Yeah. Uh, the white mask was kind of just like a, I feel like it was used a little flippantly. Like that should have been reserved for something like cool. And I feel like they kind of wasted it by using it right at the beginning and then never touching it again. Really? You got to make your villains iconic though. Yeah. But it was uh, very disturbing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's too but bad it was- that he didn't have that same oomph later. Yeah, because no. he wasn't that disturbing later in that, or not in the same way. He wasn't well, like physically threatening, like well, he was just, in that scene. He's just playing the 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 creepy heavy, not the big like hulking heavy, like the guy that lurks in the shadows kind of right. heavy. Which is which why I again, okay I think with. he would have been great as like the second to whoever that guy was. Yeah, yeah, I you agree. know. Uh, we know this. I didn't. I didn't like the song at all, but whatever. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. <sighs> Who made the song? Uh, Billy Eilish uh, did this song. Yeah. Um, yeah. Listen, we're too old for this shit, man. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. It's like little girls like the Billy Eilish. I don't know. Who are we? I thought the song was fine. I think in general, like the more recent Bod songs have been a little too emo. (laughs) You know? Uh, I mean, Skyfall's good, but like even, especially the Sam Smith song, which I hated from the last movie. Yeah. Um, they're just very fucking sad and, and, and emo and like angsty teenage girl. Um, but you know, just give us another live and let die. I I think in general though, it set the mood pretty well. I thought the opening credits were really good. I like Um, the, the, the animatics. Yeah. Those were all quite good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just a tone thing, though, man. That's what I keep tone, coming right. back to. It's like right. it's I look. I it's this, it was the same problem with the Sam Smith one. I'm like, it felt out of place, you know. Mm. And I usually like a, a Bond uh, uh, a theme or a song or whatever because it does a great job at setting the tone for the movie to come. Mm. I mean, Live and Let Die is like fantastic in that way. And then <laughs> even okay, that's, thing- that's not fair. <laughs> no, but like, but it is though. I, I mean, but Skyfall, okay, well, if we're talking Skyfall, that is a movie that, for me, does a good job at setting the tone, because Casino yes. Royale is another one. But then you hear, like, the Jack White song in um, Quantum of Solace, and you're like, what the hell is this? And uh, that's Another not Way an to em- Die is that song, I think? That's not an emo song at all, or, or super sad or anything. It just sucks and the and the, the problem is that's a story that should have had an emo song because it's a really dour and cynical james bond where he's just killing people for no reason basically yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. i don't know like the one where they had to make it super sad i don't know yeah, yeah. I, I i get you i didn't you. like it didn't like it sorry guys yeah not my main not my main takeaway i think uh yeah, okay. There we go. Oh, I loved the the Russian guy. Or what what was his nationality? No, he's a the oh, Russian the scientist. scientist. Yeah, he the Russian. Russian. He was Russian. The, the scene it was the biggest. I was the only one laughing in the theater. I'm not sure why. But when he he's on the phone and he's like he's trying to disguise the fact that he's having a really sinister phone call with the bad oh, yeah. guys and he's like, "I do like animals." <laughs> yeah, that was it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, I love like that, that guy. I love character. the comic relief. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Uh, so, yeah good movie i was never bored it was the action was exhilarating and, no, and it, was, it, it was a great cap to the to the, the series here yeah yeah honestly. they just needed to make a good movie and it well, was a good movie. yeah it was fine i'll be honest even with all of the series faults this movie still capped it nicely i like, agree it, it took those faults into account it didn't hide from them yeah it accepted them mm-hmm. and you know so that's something nice i can say about it yeah yeah i liked it a lot 
Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to release this as another episode. Okay. Yeah. Maybe on the Movie Hall of Fame feed. It's <laughs> something less for us to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's just, fine. Just to let us off the hook. Yep. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, that'd be fine. Yeah, here, here's fine. a good bonus app for you guys, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, there we go. That's Bond. That's No Time to Die. And uh, we'll see you next week, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? What are, what's our outro? J- bye. <laughs>